0: Welcome to WWD Voices. I'm Arthur Zakowitz. Today, I'll be chatting with Jasmine Vinay, who's a designer and founder of Arch NYC, a fashion footwear brand created for, quote, women who own their power, end quote. Jasmine, welcome to WWD Voices.
1: Hi, Arthur. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: So so you speaking, you know, we were on a podcast, you um mentioned before uh the show that uh used to have your own podcast. What was what was that about? <laughs>
1: called she radio is me and um two of my friends uh and it ran for a few seasons we did we had a few seasons it it was live radio internet radio at like 8 a.m uh it was crazy it was chaotic (laughs) but it was a really good show um i don't even know if it's still available on like apple Podcasts, and i'm not encouraging anybody to go listen to it at (laughs) all but uh it was a great time it was a great time wait till they hear about us shouting she out but Amazing. it was fun. It this makes me miss it. I'm like using my old podcast mic to talk to you and everything.
0: <laughs> so uh so thanks for digging out the the old podcast microphone. Uh <laughs> let's talk about Arch NYC. Uh what was the impetus behind uh, lo- you know launching the brand and the company?
1: Sure. So I launched Arch and 18, um, I was two years out of college and I just, I wasn't feeling great about where I was in the industry. I had faced um, two layoffs and I felt like I wasn't in the path, on the path that I was like really feeling strongly about and excited about when I graduated college. I was young, you know, coordinator level when you first come out of school and everything. And I felt like the management around me has so much control of my career And I was like, this is insane. Like, they control my money. They control when I get paid, how I get paid, the projects that I'm working on. And it was really a a control moment. Like, I really just needed to carve my own space. I needed to feel like I was owning something and my creativity was being fed. Um, You know, my voice was being heard. It was my opinion that mattered and my brand. And so nobody else was doing it at the time. At least it didn't seem like it. Like you know, on your social media, the people that you follow, in 2018, I didn't really know about any other small um, footwear brands, and so I was like, well, and it didn't start at shoes. Like I, when I first was like, I want to create my own brand. I want to sell my own stuff. It did not start at shoes. It actually. Uh, I thought about lip gloss. I thought about selling lip gloss first. I thought about selling sunglasses. I knew I didn't want to do clothes because I worked in clothes. Like I worked in fashion. Um, my background is in fashion, merchandising from LIM. And then all of my corporate experience is fashion marketing experience um, with some beauty here and there, some wine and spirits here and there too. But so it really came from a place of wanting to carve my own space out, wanting to have my own thing. I didn't feel like there was a lot of Competition at the time um, And so that's kind of What kick started it I was in my room One day and I was like well sunglasses Feels like I don't know I don't want to do that lip gloss I was like That's a beauty company that's not a fashion Company um, and I was Looking around my closet one day and I was like what Do I have a lot of that I feel like people Would trust my opinion on And that's where footwear came
0: The um, What was some of the challenges That you faced early on
1: Um, funding. I think funding is always a challenge, especially for entrepreneurs, um, black owned businesses. I would say funding is more of a challenge now than it than it was then. But then it was funding and it was like finding manufacturers in production, figuring out where I wanted to to produce everything. And it's funny because I don't have a design background. So I kind of jumped into this with like both feet and like no parachute because my background is business. It's not design. So i kind of did everything from scratch. And actually I started as white label, meaning that I purchased inventory that was already available. Um, and I customized it to the best of my ability. You know, I was allowed to change color, change material, change heel height. Um, but it wasn't like my specific design. Um, and so that is how I actually started. I actually did that from 2018 to, 2020. And so that was hard navigating those manufacturers and um, those production teams with little to no experience in that. But it was good because now I know how to speak to them. Now the factory conversations and the relationships have been built. You know what I mean? So those challenges were different. The challenges when I first started were definitely different than, than it is now. I would say another challenge when I first started was paying for marketing and finding quality talent in my price range because again you know I'm two years out of college I'm working off of a a coordinator slash low-level assistant salary I'm living in New York City like I didn't have tons of thousands of dollars to just spend but I did have a lot of money saved because I was supposed to move and I ended up not moving and I used that money to help fund the first um, like year of the business so the, there were challenges there, but, you know, now they're they're different.
0: What, um, so, a little shout out to LIM College. Uh, did that give you uh, an edge? Um, you, you said you didn't study fashion, but, that you know, you know, know the business, right? It's a business right. F-
1: so, LIM was where business meets fashion. Um, and so, I I never knew I wanted to be a designer. I really did not know that until... 2018. And it's funny because now when I look back, the writing was kind of on the wall. I didn't notice it. And so that's what I, that's why I chose fashion business school. Cause I knew I wanted to work in fashion, but I thought I wanted to be like the CEO of a huge luxury fashion corporation. Um, now I want to be the CEO of mine, but, right. um, I think LIM did give me an edge. You know, the thing about college is everybody's experience is different. Some people, they love college and they are like, it's great. Everybody should go to school and everybody or some people don't have that experience. I genuinely loved school. I loved college. I still love school. Like I am such a a nerdy person when it comes to things like that. So I do think LIM gave us and it gave me an advantage, gave all their students an advantage because I think especially landing my internships when they saw LIM on the paper, it was like, oh, we know the type of student we're about to get. We know what type of intern we're about to get, and some of the people already working there did go to LIM, you know. So it was like, oh, I trust them already. So yeah, I would give them a little a little shout out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now um, uh, you said that you have different challenges now. Uh, so what are those? I mean, you you went you survived the pandemic, right?
1: by the skin of my teeth. um, I would say, you know, the brand changed during the pandemic. Like 2020 footwear is not essential. There was no sales. You know, people are not going anywhere. People were not spending unnecessary money, rightfully so. But that actually a blessing in disguise because it gave me a chance to kind of stop the white labeling because that was not really an option because there was no such thing at that time as, importing anything, you know? Um, So it gave me a chance to kind of stop doing that for a second, rework the business strategy, rework how I saw Arch and what I wanted for it. And um, none of the product that I had from my white label was selling at the time. So I stopped and I kind of met the customers where they were and I introduced slippers. And that was the first time that the slippers were actually offered Um, with the brand and I wasn't expecting the slippers to do what they did. It was really just like a, we need to make money. We need to meet the customers where, where they are. We need to let them know that we haven't gone anywhere, but how can we as a brand support them while they support us during a pandemic that nobody's ever been through. Um, And so I started the, the slippers and the slippers were actually handmade by a lady in California Um, So we drew up the sketch and we picked the materials and she went out and found everything and she was making these handmade slippers in her house um, and they sold out. They sold out. That was that was my first sellout product. And um, that is how we survived the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) And so that was like a big hit for us. And we continued to manufacture the slippers after. Once things slowed down in 2021, when factories started to open again and materials costs started to come down, then I really got them manufactured. I got them produced. So now they're like this high level, very luxe slipper. We offer it in three colors. Um, you can find them on the website. They're, the website is www archnyc.co.com.co um they're in three different colors they're called the plush edit slipper but the plush edit slipper is how we survived the pandemic and i would say outside of the pandemic the challenges now the struggles now really still you know funding and i'm going to keep saying that because that is such a difficult piece of business that i wish i knew and understood before i i jumped in in 2018 what is it, 2020? Was that four years ago? I was uh twenty three. Uh twenty-four. I just turned twenty-eight. I was 23, 24. Like I said, out of college for two years. And I had this business mindset, but I had a corporate business mindset. It was never a business mindset of being your own entrepreneur and having this own company. So I didn't think through I I I don't think I thought through fully how much this would cost and how much you need to keep going. And although sales are great and, you know, we do well and the business is growing every day, I still need funding. I still need backing. And so I think that's a challenge, especially for women entrepreneurs. You know, we we don't get a lot of, like, um, venture capital money and, like, any investment money. It's a really low percentage. I want to say it's less than, like, 1%. Right. And we make up so much of the small business sector You know, uh, we really keep small women, really keep small businesses going. And so it's frustrating when a challenge such as funding can keep you from kind of going to that next level.
0: But uh, tell tell us about the product offerings uh, and some of the design inspirations.
1: Sure. So um, Arch is created for fashion enthusiast, I always say that, and so we offer footwear, and I really wanted to specialize in heels. When I first started, it was really about um, specializing in in heels, and quickly, obviously, that changed with the the 2020 uh, pivot needs of the slippers, but um, I'm really inspired by color and texture. Um, I, I love the beauty industry. I love, obviously, the fashion industry, and I think there are so many excellent images out there. I spend so much time on Pinterest like mood boarding because the amount of inspo that I just get from seeing different colors or different textures, I'm always like, "Oh, wow, this would be really cool in shoe form. How can I interpret this to be put into a shoe?" Um one of the things that I really hold close to me for inspo is, "What do I want to see?" I always ask myself like, what shoe is not in my closet that I want there? If I could have any shoe for this outfit, what would it be? And I kind of designed from that perspective because I expect my customer to also be in that space. Like if I could have any shoe right now, it would be this. And I kind of try to forecast that prediction and create shoes that way. Uh, I feel like we have so many designs like ready to go that, you know, they haven't been produced yet. They're still in the works. We're still tweaking them. Footwear is such a long um, time frame like it takes like 18 months and so if you miss or something's delayed or you know you're off and so I take a lot of inspiration from my consumer but from the time that I I get inspired by it to the time that it's actually out and produced it could be like a year or two
0: I just wow. I just pulled up I just pulled up your website and mm-hmm. i immediately hit with color and and, mm-hmm. and comfort. It's plush, right? You have yes. um, I think your your new collection uh, yeah the edit slipper, plush edit, right? Mm-hmm. That's uh, and then you have a Moscow Mule. Is that
1: that's Yes the other. so the Mule um, was our first custom. Class- um, like that was my first design that I actually produced outside of the slippers. That was my first heel design. I should say that I produced no white label from scratch. We um custom built that heel this western flared three inch block heel that kicks out a little bit that is a custom to the arch brand um and those that inspiration really comes from like my need to want my heart to flutter when I see a shoe like and it's so like i'm not making that up like i genuinely feel like a flutter in my heart when i see a shoe that i'm like oh i love that it's so good um and that is my design goal every single time like is there a flutter um and i really just another inspiration i really just want to meet women where they are you know like like i mentioned before i want to forecast their wants i want to forecast their needs like where are they in life right now what type of shoe could help them push through or feel more inspired. Um, I would say that the slippers, the square toe, that was a huge like part of the design um, inspiration in, in the product offering. There were, at the time, a lot of boots out, square toe, a lot of heels out that were square toe. There was no slipper. There, I didn't see many that had that offering. Most slippers are round, right? And most slippers are closed in. And so that was our take on how we can bring a little bit of arch to the slipper. And also the sole, it's indoor-outdoor. So you'll see a lot of... I actually see so many girls wearing the slippers outside. They were originally produced, obviously, for inside wear, but the sole that I did put on them is for outside. Like, they can do that. But when I said outside, I was thinking, like, okay, go to the mailbox. Right. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I love how everybody has interpreted the slipper to be something different. You know, it's not just an in-house shoe for everybody. So so that's great. Yeah. Um, And then our new shoe that's coming out. It's not out yet. This is a WWD exclusive. Um, We have a new shoe coming out. It's called Love Struck. And it's this um, strappy heel that has a heart built underneath the sole of the shoe. And so from the side, you can see a heart shape. Um, And that was inspired by all of the designs um, from like luxury shoes that, that are playing with their heel. Like... I'm sure most of the people listening would know the YSL strappy that the right. heel is actually YSL. Like it's these letters that really inspired me because, you know, the footwear industry could become repetitive and it's like, wow, they found another way to really interpret their heel. I want to find a way like what's what's arch arch's signature? What's arch's like moment? And I really hope that. Once this shoe is released, that's our YSL heel. That's our Prada moment. That's our Dolce & Gabbana, um, the D&G yeah, heel signature. moment. It's our signature. And so now you see so many of these kind of build under con- constructs that brands are playing with. But ours always takes it a step further. And it's a genuine like carve out. And so I'm excited for everybody to see it because from the side, it's genuinely a, a heart. Um, and it's really cool. I haven't seen anything like it before. So I'm excited about it.
0: I, I can't wait to see it. And thanks for uh, dropping it here first. <laughs> Appreciate it. So uh, so how would you describe the Arch NYC brand? And what are some of the attributes of the brand?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so I always say, you know, the, the brand, like I mentioned before, it's a footwear brand for fashion enthusiasts. Um, and, and every shoe should invoke some type of emotion. Like I keep going back to that flutter. Um, but I truly mean that. And, and part of that is I want the, the footwear to start a conversation. I want conversation starting footwear. And it's interesting because I always say that, like, I make shoes for women who take up space. I make shoes for women who own their power. And it's like, the shoe should just be there for on any given day when they need that extra push or they're in a room and they need to say something to somebody, but they don't even know how to start the conversation because that woman, that woman will have that day, right? She's normally, she's strong. She's confident. She's a force. She can talk to anybody. She can network with anybody, but on a given day that maybe she just can't, the shoe was just an extra push to use as the conversation starter, you know, like maybe That's the ice, the icebreaker. That's the you. I love your shoe. That's the end, right? Because what conversation ends badly after I love your shoes? (laughs) It's like it, it lets you in. It's oh, you complimented me. My guard is down now. Now I can talk to you. You know what I mean? And even if the person speaking has on an arch shoe and they compliment another arch, another shoe, and the person responding says, "Oh, I love your shoes too," then the job is done. Like. That's the focus. And so I would say always explain the brand is feminine and disruptive and and it's it's creative. It's culture, you know, because I'm paying attention to the challenges that my consumers are facing on a day to day. Um, And that and I put myself there, too, because I'm kind of the target audience, right? Like I'm kind of creating for myself and the people around me. Um, My first customer is always my friends. I'm always sending it. What do you think? how do you like these what's the response and i gauge it sometimes it's really exciting sometimes it's like oh okay that's cute and i can tell the difference you know what i mean um so again you know just making shoes for women who um are are looking to be memorable you know using their shoes as a as a moment to be memorable cuz again if the shoe is the start of the conversation and they and the shoe is remembered then how far could that take them, you know
0: so uh, you said you mentioned an interesting word. You said disruptive. Um, you know we're living in very socially disruptive times, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and you know f- everything from the um, you know the school shootings, this um, you know Black Lives Matters movement. Like, how does that influence your your business? Is is that top of mind for you? And and do you, do you see your brand offering kind of comfort to a, a disruptive world?
1: So I I think it's difficult because it's like, how much can a fashion brand do in that moment? Right. Like, I don't want to feel performative and I don't want to feel insensitive, but it's also about how it affects me as a person, because if if I'm not good, the brand isn't good. Right. Like mentally. And when we were facing so much turmoil for, you know, during Black Lives Matter and around 2020, that hit me so hard that like I couldn't even bring myself to tell my customers to shop, you know? So it's like, I think it becomes less of a, how is Arch pushing their company through this, this moment? And it's more of how is Arch supporting their community during that moment. Right. And so during um 2020 with the death of like Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, I think, Added a um a page on my website for resources, and the page is still there. It, it actually needs to be updated. I, I was trying to update it, you know, based on how things changed. Um, and it is obviously been updated in 2020, but you know, like it was links there, it was resources there, it was information there to read, um, to donate, to sign, because at that moment I felt like all I could do was use my platform to inform somebody else, to influence somebody else, to to you know, participate in the change to add to um, the change and, and, and pushing towards a better tomorrow for a better or worse words. Um, and even like on our, it wasn't really about, you know, hey guys, new shoes shop now. It was, no, I'm, I am Breonna Taylor. I could have been her. I, I could have been the girl in the bed at my boyfriend's house. You know what I mean? So yep. I posted, there was a picture I believe it said um, I am Brianna Taylor or we are Brianna Taylor was one of those one of those and I posted that and I wrote something like from me and I said you know like hey guys it's Jasmine Sound of Arch like and I wrote as a as a person not as a brand not as a a, a fashion fashion line but just like as a young black girl that sees what's happening that's affected that knows that my core audience is affected by this and like I'm here I hear y'all I'm listening I'm outside too like I want to riot too. I want to, you know, but I can't. So here's how I'm helping. And I gave those resources. um, And so I try to keep up with that page. You know, I want to actually, to your point, add more resources about um, the Roe versus Wade situation, because I feel like that strongly affects my consumer as well. Um, But I'm really always just trying to let my voice be heard for, for them, let them know that I'm supporting them and what they're doing and and at that moment it becomes bigger than shoes yep. you know
0: and and with with shoes and collections, um you're also listening you said that you, you kind of start where where they are um how do, how do you do that do you uh, observe you know women in the sh- on the street do you mm-hmm. look at social media like like how does that um influence a little your- bit
1: of both it's funny because I have people my friends laugh at me when I go out and they can tell that I'm looking <laughs> at the feet of other women and it's' because I just want to know what they're wearing. I want to know what type of shoes they're in, what type of shoes they're hanging out in. Because, again, a lot of my shoes are heels, so they're being worn, um, you know, out and about. Like, where else do you wear heels? And so it's good to see, like, what brands they're in. It's good to see the type of heels that they're in. Um, So I do pay attention outside. So if you catch me out and I'm looking at your feet, it's because I'm just (laughs) curious, you know. Um, And also when I'm out, that's a really good opportunity for me to go up to women. And say, hey, I love your shoes. Where'd you get those from? Or they come up to me. Oh, I love when women come up to me and they're like, I love your shoes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. I own a footwear brand. Like, <laughs> boom, that's a that's perfect word of mouth. Like, I got a follower. I got somebody looking at the website. I got somebody subscribing to my email list. You know what I mean? So, and I open that conversation. What do you like about shoes? What's your favorite footwear brand? What are you wearing right now? You know, so... That's one thing, and then social media. Yes, social media is so big right now. I feel like when I first started arch, like it was big. It was 2018, so Instagram was a big deal, but like TikTok wasn't a big deal. You know, Facebook was kind of old; we weren't really using it, and so it was like I really only had to worry about Instagram, Twitter. You could come and go, but like whatever. But now it's like social media is every day. You got to be on there; you can't miss anything. You know, and so I do look at social. Um, I also use like my friends as focus groups and I used to. This is um, a trick for anybody that owns a brand. I used to uh, curate my close friends on Instagram on the brand page and use it as a focus group. I should do that again. I haven't done that in a long time, but I used to do that and it was like very exclusive and I would show them new product and I would show them new names and new materials and everything. And it just was like fun for them because they got to kind of see it inside the but it was good for me because I was getting information. I right. was able to extract from their result, their like poll results or their questions and their feedback. Apply that to my business strategy.
0: Um, and what, what's the, the website is,
1: The website is www.archnyc.co.
0: Before we sign off, uh, what's next for your brand and you?
1: Um, (laughs) hopefully growth. Um, you know, always kind of pushing to the next level. Uh, that new love structure coming out, and you know, I think it's been a it's been a rough year or two just because of everything going on in the world and i really want to get to a place where we are consistently dropping new products um our new collections are, are on time and, and coming out so that's definitely next building that um that funding you know looking for um angel investors and things of that nature and so just a plug if anybody's an angel investor in the <laughs> woman's consumer space feel free to reach out um and so yeah just continuing to grow continuing to offer Products. I'm continuing to be there for my consumer, and hopefully, Arch is a household name in the next five ish years. And you know, <laughs> you're thinking back on this podcast, like, wow, yeah, I was there before she dropped the love drugs <laughs> <too. laughs>
0: Jasmine, thank you so much. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye, with definitely. We'll check in, stay, uh, stay in touch with me, and let me know your progress. Me. Uh me and you, I again, sure will. Yeah, and thanks for tuning in uh, to WWE Voices.